Coming live from Sacramento, California, USA is our guest this evening. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Beth Wonson, speaker, communication expert, consultant, and leadership coach. And she's also the CEO and founder of Navigating Challenging Dialogue. Welcome to the show, Beth. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. Thank you. Thank you for coming on to this show. So we'll be talking about, you know, you are the master of knowing, telling people about navigating challenging uh, dialogue. And we'll be talking about how one can master feedback. So, uh, Beth, in terms of let's go to the basic, because a lot of people, if they understand who are not from the HR field, who are on different fields, small businesses and all that stuff. So if they can know from the basic, what do you mean by feedback in our corporate world when we say uh, the person is not taking feedback or the person is not good at giving feedback? What is feedback? Feedback to me is a way in which you help people close the gaps between how they're performing and how they need to perform to fulfill their job duties. Feedback is... Honest, open, clear, and kind information that is delivered to someone. But in my world, feedback is also an opportunity for some coaching and empowerment. Because once the feedback is delivered, the question becomes, and what do you think your next step might be to close that gap? A lot of managers and leaders and supervisors get hung up on feedback because they think it's just delivering bad news, letting it lay there, and hurting someone's feelings. But the truth is, feedback is how we help people grow and develop, how we help them use their unique strengths and talents, and empower them to develop their expertise so that they can have satisfaction in the workplace. Right. Right, Beth. But uh, tell me one thing. Earlier also, we used to have factories, we had so many people working, and yes. there was less talk of feedback. Then we came to our present modern world. Now everybody talks of feedback. Employees talk of feedback, leaders talk of feedback. Employees say feedback is just another way of not giving us a better uh, appraisal in future, or it's the laying, laying the ground for that. And Leaders say now, as we can see during COVID and all this stuff, people are, you know, keeping their views, their suggestions to themselves, uh, lest they become, be taken otherwise. So when did this feedback creep into our system? And why is it that instead of becoming something very welcome today, everybody is running away from it, it, it seems. And uh, and and it it has become an issue in itself uh, some some sort of a need a technical stuff that needs to be tackled how do you see this well i believe that feedback really came into being we've always gotten feedback you wake up in the morning and you're tired because you went to bed too late that's feedback right you go outside and you don't have enough of a jacket on and you're cold you got some feedback right there so we've always had feedback, but as 
workplaces became um, more understanding of what motivates people, what empowers them and how adults learn, feed, understanding how to give feedback became more and more important. We also have developed to this place where we're used to really instantaneous feedback. You text somebody, they get back to you right away. I remember when I entered the workforce, I'm dating myself, if I wanted to send a communication, it was like three or four days by mail, or maybe there was a teletype or a fax machine that might get it there sooner if it went through. But you didn't have this instant, constant feedback. So we have a generation or two that are in the workforce now that are used to continual feedback. And our brains have become wired to receive feedback. So if you want loyal employees who have work satisfaction and are growing and developing, you have to get more comfortable not only giving feedback, but also receiving feedback yourself. Now, um, why do we hesitate to give feedback? Because it's uncomfortable to disrupt a person's self-concept. Most of us walk around believing that we're doing a better job than we're doing, that we're showing up with more perfection or more proficiency than we really are. That's why if you go to the doctor and they say, how many glasses of wine do you have a week or how many times do you exercise? They always round up based on or round down based on what you told them because our brain wants to keep telling us that we are doing great. And so when someone gives you feedback, if it's critical feedback, it often disrupts your self-concept and that's very uncomfortable. That new self-awareness, that new information can be upsetting. People can get defensive. They can try and place blame on other people. And so most managers and supervisors are hesitant to give feedback because they don't want to have to witness and experience the other person's potential discomfort while they recalibrate their mindset to what they're hearing. It can be very awkward and uncomfortable, but it's absolutely necessary and it's empowering when it's done the right way. Right, right, Beth. Uh, Before I come to this four-step process that you are an expert of, and we understand about how to master feedback through this four-step process, one thing I wanted to understand for our audience is that uh, you know, you have coached hundreds of C-suite professionals in Fortune 500 countries, companies and the non-profit sector to have meaningful drama-free conversations. Now, in, since the last several years, there have been different ways of not only giving feedback to employees, but also to managers. That's why, if I understand correctly, 360-degree appraisal is all about. You can also rate your managers. Am I... Is my understanding correct? Because I'm not from the HR field. Yes. If I understand what you're saying correctly, I think what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, feedback is not just for employees. It's also for managers. And feedback goes two ways. It goes up. It goes down. I mean, it goes sideways. It's really a 360-degree process. Right. Right. The challenge. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Sorry. Sorry. But in the present scenario... When we are talking of feedback, it's almost synonymous with employees. It's never about managers. But over time, 
our workplaces globally have become more and more toxic more and more therapists are getting into the system to try and help employees but nobody questions or asks or diverts or right you know puts it in the right direction about feedback for managers now why is such a dichotomy that exists i wanted to understand from you sure so we have gotten less and less comfortable with having difficult conversations we as as a species right have gone from people who are able to have dialogue have healthy conflict to understand that any complex problems that get solved get solved through the friction of conflict there has to be some kind of a conflict before a problem can begin to get solved that's the inherent truth right but as a society and um and as a species we have backed away from having healthy conflict now healthy conflict and unhealthy conflict can look exactly the same to the outside observer it's very hard to tell if someone's in healthy conflict or unhealthy conflict but in healthy conflict you're seeking a win-win you're not seeking to to have power over or manipulate the outcome of the other person and when you're in that friction what gets created from that is a solution that's better than either of the parties alone could have possibly imagined right because you're combining strengths and bringing those together so my newest book that just came out called turn this conversation around is about how to have these tough conversations and feedback is one of the tough conversations that we need to have now why do managers and leaders not participate in getting feedback that's because of this thing called the power paradox. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It the studies have been done around it, but what it shows is the higher you get up in the power paradigm, the less open you are to receiving feedback. The more you believe you are the expert and your view and your ideas alone are the ones that are going to carry the organization. and we have a real fear of vulnerability of saying hey i don't know can you give me some feedback hey i don't know how do you see this this isn't my area of expertise and then so why, i get shut down then why do our workplaces uh try to be pretentious about it that we are a very open organization we are a flat you know no hierarchies are there uh, there are no cabins many of them say and then you say some managers they just tell you that listen my doors are always open you just can walk in why is that pretension why is it needed isn't it better that you can straight away tell the employees listen i am the boss and at any level if you are a manager then they have doubts about i am the boss and you know there is no there is no second rule about that that's it it's a one way street why to bring out so many you know unnecessary stuff 360 degree appraisals and so many different different you know terminology as if the employees will suddenly find the way to you know the most uh, happiest place in the world which has not happened as yet because it's all about the branding of the organization right they want it's very competitive for the top talent right now so companies not all companies i work with several companies who are very much focused on feedback and having tough conversations but many companies are creating this brand awareness 
as a way to attract top talent and try and retain top talent. Happiest and so, place and to work in, best places to work in, top 10 places to work in, 100 top places to work in. It's almost an industry about around this. Yes. And then what happens, because I coach many people who are either leaving or trying to figure out how to survive within these environments. They're the ideal company. They have their ideal place they want to work, particularly in the tech world, right? There's the big five, the ideal places to work. And then they get in there and they're like, wait a minute. This, this isn't all that I imagined or hoped it would be. So the coaching becomes either about how to survive in that environment if it's really where you want to be, the benefits, the pay, everything is great, opportunities to work on cutting-edge projects, or how to transition out if, um, if you just can't abide by that. And I've worked with people on both sides of that coin. Right. But it's, it's, about, it's about branding. It's about attracting and retaining people. What makes me sad is that it doesn't have to be that way. People can really learn how to have environments where feedback is valuable. Just because someone gives you feedback as a leader doesn't mean that you have to accept it or you have to take it or you have to implement it, right? But hearing it and being present for it and identifying what piece from this is potentially valuable to me. Maybe the whole thing isn't, but there may be a thread, there may be a pattern, there may be something I need to listen to. So my advice to leaders when I'm working with them is for them to go out and get three people to give them feedback on a specific topic. Someone they trust, someone they don't trust at all, and someone who's a wild card, they have no idea, right? And ask for feedback on the very specific topic how do I handle meetings? How do I help engage you? How do I give feedback? Whatever the, whatever you want to know more about has to be specific, though. It can't just be, how am I doing? Because people say, great. So then to sit with what the, the bulk of what you get, the information, and discern, is there a pattern? Is there a trend? Is there a thread I can pull out of it? But also, the most important thing is for them to just sit and see what it feels like to receive feedback so that they can perfect how they give feedback. Right, right, Beth. So let's leave it at that and let's look at the solutions. But before that, understand it much more in a better manner. A few uh, parts you have already answered, but I will again ask it. Some parts you have already talked, as I said, but you answered them for the sake of audience to, uh, to understand it better in their own manner. So why is that uh, we tend to resist feedback? Is it is it because we always think we are perfect, so nobody can tell us anything? But then a lot of people are good listeners. They do listen and they do improve and they make uh, miracles in their life. So yes. tell us about this part of human nature. You can call it employee. I don't know if you can call them managers also. So this is what happens when we when we receive feedback that is... Um, either critical or goes against our self-concept or our dear idea of ourselves. Literally, in your brain, your amygdala, its whole job is to take incoming stimuli and decide, do I need to protect myself from this or is this safe? 
right? Now, back in the day, it was about protecting yourself from saber-toothed tigers and different kinds of threats. Now, for the most part, it's psychological threats. It's threats to our ego, our self-concept, our reputation, our values, all of those types of things. So when someone delivers us feedback with the intention of helping us identify a place where we're not performing well, our amygdala says, "Uh uh-oh, I need to protect myself, right? And it sends a message down to your adrenal glands and the adrenaline and the cortisol start to shoot up. And the part of your brain that's about collaboration, empathy, problem solving, creativity, all of that shuts down, right? And the parts of your brain that are about, I'm going to defend myself. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to find someone to blame. All of those parts of your brain light up. And if you do not have the ability to pause and take a breath and ground your feet on the floor and and tell yourself, I've got this, and then identify what are the facts. The facts is I'm, I'm employed here. My manager cared enough about me or whoever's giving the feedback cares enough about my performance and, the, and my job to, be, to give me this feedback so I can improve. And so I am going to listen to this from an open-hearted receiving place versus from a bracing, I need to protect myself place. But most people don't understand that that's what happens in the brain. And so our emotions take the lead when we receive information that either isn't comfortable or we don't like. And when your emotions take the lead, that's when drama and chaos begin to ensue. That's when you make difficult decisions like, okay, I'm going right back to my desk and I'm going to look for a new job or I'm out of here or my boss is an idiot or whatever the case is as opposed to how can I receive this and identify if there's a place I can take action on. And if I don't understand the feedback in that moment, how can I be curious and say, can you say more about that? Could you give me an example? Can you help me understand what it would look like if I were doing it differently? Those types of open-ended questions, creating dialogue, that's where trust gets built, right? That's where we begin to get empowered. And so my goal is to help people understand how to shift that process, which is very automatic and very ingrained in us. Right, Beth. So this is one part of the employees. Now, in terms of leadership, mm-hmm. now, an employee can think, okay, I am I'm the best. And I don't need any suggestions from anybody. I'm working here and they seem to become closed, understandable. But then why is it that leaderships and managers are hesitant to give feedback? Is it that, it, as, as you say, that because of, you know, telework, remote working, and because of the pandemic, uh, it's impacting the willingness of the leadership, managerial managers to give feedback. Why is it? What's stopping them? Do they, uh, do they feel inferior or something like that? Now, if, if employees feel that they're superior beings, and uh, managers, uh, why is it? Why is it uh, happening at all? There's a couple of reasons. So first of all, most people who go through a management or leadership course are given a tiny, tiny bit of information about how to give feedback. 
And it's such an impactful topic. People are taught to use the feedback sandwich. You say something nice, you deliver the hard information, you say something nice, and you go on your way. Don't ever do it. Don't do the feedback sandwich anymore because it is a horrible process and nothing is gained. The sec- so the first one is training and understanding how to give feedback and the purpose of feedback. The second piece is because now that we have quiet quitting and the great resignation and people working from home and everybody is um, really just having a hard time due to the uncertainty of the world and all of this, Leaders and managers are afraid to give feedback because they're afraid of losing warm bodies. They're, they would rather, I've been doing this for a long time and I talk to a lot of people. And when we talk about feedback, they say, but there's no one to hire to replace them if I upset them to the point that they decide to leave. So I would rather put up with them not functioning well or making mistakes here and there, then risk losing that person. And this is a very, very uh, tricky paradigm because humans want and need to be able to have growth. They want to use their unique strengths, talents, and expertise to perform well. They want to know what's expected of them and how they can contribute to the goals of the organization. And so... There's a a study out there that was done by, I think it was Forbes, that said something like 90% of employees want feedback and 75%, and don't quote me exactly on the numbers, but something like 75% of managers say that they don't give feedback. So there's a big discrepancy there. People are hungry for feedback because they want to grow and develop and improve but they want feedback that's done well. Right, right. And if I understand from an employee point of view, I keep on talking to a lot of people who are also employees. And I understand, uh, especially in some sectors, which I'll not name right now, uh, is that the feedback part comes in mostly during appraisals. Because, yeah. yes, and, and that's that's the worrisome part. And And... An employee who was considered as the rainmaker or as the best employee and stupendous, fantastic, even on emails, official emails, marked to many people at the same time, suddenly during uh, appraisal time, they tend to develop all the deficiencies that can they can ever have. Why is it happening? Why are, you know, why are, is the system, the process, the HRs, the CHRO and whatever you can name it, not catching the managers there that listen you are the culprit that you have been telling all the nice things all throughout and suddenly you are you are going a different direction and that is why perhaps they are closing uh, uh, in in terms of several cases they are not able to give feedback in the right manner they are not giving it because the employee will turn back and show them all the papers that are in there they all do take a printouts i'm sure Yes, feedback should not be happening during the performance appraisal. If I was the queen of all things, I would say feedback is not allowed during a performance appraisal. Performance appraisal is big picture view of how are you doing achieving your goals, what are the goals for next year, and are you getting a raise or a promotion associated with that or a bonus. That's 
performance, that's what the conversation should be. Feedback, which I talk about in my book, Mastering Feedback, you need to develop a culture of feedback where feedback is ongoing. It's occurring all the time. It's occurring in the moment. It's not a special occasion. Feedback is just how we communicate and how we help each other grow and improve. Nobody should ever only be receiving feedback quarterly or annually. It needs to be on a consistent basis all the time so that it's there's nothing shocking about it. Hey, I've got some feedback for you. Okay, great. I'd love to hear it. Hey, let's talk about how that project went. You know, this is how I'd like to see this um, done. But this is what you did. This is what I'd like to see. That's feedback. It's that simple. It should not be a special occasion where everybody's stressed out and worried and concerned. It should be day to day. Managers have three responsibilities. One is mentoring their employees, helping them navigate politics and understand how to move through the organization. And that's about, this is the path I took and here's something you might learn from it. The second one is coaching, which also involves feedback as part of a coaching process. And then the last one is being directive. These are the goals. This is what I need you to do. This is the project. This is how you do it. This is what you don't do. Being being a director or manager is uh, that role under leadership is very much kind of task based and telling people how to do things. As a leader or a manager, you need to be moving between those roles continuously, identifying what solution is right for this moment and using them all all the time. Right, right, Beth. So where is the meeting ground now? You talk of feedback, you know, mastering feedback with a four-step process. You named a couple of things that they can do, but in terms of a process and step-by-step thing, if you can tell us uh, how to master feedback and your four-step process for the audience, I'll be sure to be writing it. Yeah, it's pretty simple. So the first, and it's all all in the book. There's worksheets and everything in the mastering feedback book that you can you can follow. Um, okay. But here's step one. Step one is get the story out. What is the feedback you want to give? And write it down. But also write down. What emotions are you feeling? What hesitancy are you feeling? All of that. Get it all out of your head and onto paper. Step two is to then go through that and take out everything that's not a fact. Everything that's not directly related to the feedback, right? So in feedback, feedback is no place to say, I feel like you aren't performing well, right? It's, it needs to be concrete and specific. So going through the exercise of getting emotion and feeling out of there gets you in a better place to have the conversation. Then the third step is you start preparing yourself for the conversation. And in that, you want to talk about what are the goals and objectives of either their job, your team, your company, whatever it is, and then your performance is here. This is what I've seen. It needs to be here. And then the fourth step is empowerment and accountability. Asking the employee, what steps will you take to get yourself over to this side of performance where you need to be? 
What do you think you could do? And then what's the accountability? How are you going to know they're doing it? Are you going to follow up with them? Are they going to get back to you? What specifically are you going to see differently? But you want to constantly being be empowering the employee to own the action and own the accountability. Right, Beth. Right. I, I think you have covered it quite well. And we look forward towards your book. So when is that book coming so uh, Mastering Feedback is out now. Um, turn this conversation around, which is really um, more of a global look at tough dialogue. Here's the book. It's available now. You can go to NCD, ncdsolution.com, and you will find the books listed there and how to buy them. You can get them on Amazon or um, you know, a local bookseller, or you can order them right off the website. Right. And talking about your company, uh, Navigating Challenging Dialogue. Tell us about this so that, you know, people who want to connect with you, take your help, uh, they can certainly do that. It's a, it's a global world. Some managers may not think that, you know, uh, things can be done uh, remotely, but a lot of people who need help will certainly connect with you. Yes. I work mostly with clients remotely um, since the pandemic. And uh, Navigating Challenging Dialogue was born out of the fact that I was promoted, 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 promoted to lead a team that I had been part of and I loved, um, a sales and marketing team. And shortly after I was promoted, um, we always went on Thursdays out in the evening to complain about leadership. And I got promoted to lead the team. And the first Thursday, I walked out to see where we're going for dinner. And everybody was gone because now I'm leadership. And they're gone to complain about me. I was promoted because I was really good at what I did. I was a high-performing employee. And um, what I didn't have any idea about was how to manage, motivate, inspire, and lead people. I didn't understand how that brain works. And my emotions led my leadership. People didn't know if stressed Beth was coming to work or happy Beth or anxious Beth. So my team had to spend a lot of time dancing around trying to figure out who I was going to be in that moment versus me leading them. My emotions were leading the environment. Uh, I began to study brain-based research, social-emotional intelligence, what motivates humans and adults. And uh, really developed this process for myself, to save myself. And uh, I had that job for 13 years. And when I left, people started contacting me saying, can you come in and work with our team? Can you coach this executive? And so uh, in 2015, I went out on my own and Navigating Challenging Dialogue was born. And I've been doing that work ever since with all kinds of companies, corporations, nonprofits. You name it. Right. Right. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. Yeah. I think you have traveled a long way. And the industry also needs to travel a long, long, long way to actually come to an equal relationship between and a more and a trustworthy trust or relationship full of trust between the employee and their supervisors. Yes. With this, with this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.